So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hi, everyone. Steven Schleicher from Majorspoilers.com here with you this week with another new top five. We hope you enjoy this episode. It is brought to you free of charge thanks to the great support of all of our VIP members at members.majorspoilers.com. Without these fine people making a small monthly contribution, we wouldn't be able to bring shows like Top 5 to you when we do. If you would like to become a Major Spoilers VIP, we would really appreciate it. Just point your browser to members.majorspoilers.com. Read all the information. Check out all of the extra stuff you get when you become a Major Spoilers VIP and sign up today. Thank you so much. Here's your show. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we count things down. This is Top 5. <laughs> 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yeah, no. Count, this, count, count. <laughs> it's, not, it's not music this week. However, it is a listener-submitted uh, listing category suggestion <laughs> idea. Category. <laughs> if you want to submit some ideas for Top 5, we certainly enjoy receiving them. Send them to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. This week, the top five moments in media that scared you as a child. Now, media could be radio, television, books, movies, Zach, maybe internet, uh, as far as media goes. Oh, geez, I didn't even think about that. As a yeah. child? As a child. Zach has, you, you know, Zach, Zach came after the internet. Zach was born um, after when, after AOL, I'm sure, pretty sure. Um, when? When were you born? 95? 91. Like 91. So see, there you yeah. go. I got our first, we got our first computer with internet when I was in third grade. So there you go. Yeah. I got on the internet for the first time when I was 14, which I also would have placed me below this list. So Zach is well within the internet. Yeah. 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 Span. Never even thought yeah. of that. So I'll start things off. I remember coming home um, as after school. And a lot of times after school, we would rush home because CBS had the CBS afternoon movie. Uh, on Channel 5, and it was right before the news, so every week you could catch something different. Could be a Godzilla movie, could be the Planet of the Apes, could be Three Stooges Marathon. This week just happened to be a Three Stooges Marathon, and right in the middle of the Three Stooges Marathon, Dan Rather cuts in and says, President Reagan has been shot. Holy man. Oh, wow. And as a kid, as someone who's young, that would have been like 1980, what was that, 82 or something? I forget what was year it, he it was. was even that late. I think it may have been 1980. Really? Was it 1980? Reagan. But no, it was March, March 30th, 1981, according 1981. To so there you go. Uh, you were 10. And I was March of 81. Yes, I would have been 10. And for a 10-year-old hearing that your president had been shot, I was like, what does this mean? What What's mm-hmm. going on? Especially because this is also at the height of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the heck's going on because... Uh, then there were all these conflicting reports about who was in charge. There's this, uh, who was it, Matthew? The famous, uh, quote, um, Alexander Haig. Yeah. Haig was basically like, I am now in command. And it's like, no, you're not, you're not vice president. (laughs) And it's, he was, yeah, he was, he was, uh, out of the country and it was just like, what is going on? There was just 
so much confusion because they kept rolling the footage. There were a lot of reporters there as Reagan was getting into his car and they just kept re-rolling this footage again and again and again. And it just freaked me out going, it's what? I It just – a 10-year-old, now you're told that there's no one in charge of your country or something. Mm. You don't know what's going down. It was very frightening uh, as a 10-year-old. So that's what I put down as my number five. Thank you, CBS, for running – Reagan's assassination attempt and preempting the Three Stooges. Never been able to watch the Three Stooges in the right <laughs> mindset since then without thinking about uh, Reagan and uh, and being shot. And, of course, John Hinckley uh, was shot, too. Um, or, I'm sorry, John Hinckley was the uh, man who shot uh, Reagan. It was uh, Brady who was also uh, killed. Or not killed. Um, crippled. Uh he w- he was paralyzed. badly injured and paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he died in 2014, mm-hmm. his death was ruled a homicide. Yes, yes. Because he died directly from being shot those mm. what, yeah, yeah. 33 years earlier. Yep. yep. Wow. Yep. And of course they had Brady's law which turned into a bunch of uh, gun control which was good. But it was a it was a weird time, especially when uh, the whole thing about uh why Hinckley did it, why he was just trying to get attention from uh Jody, Jody Foster. Foster. And uh, how that really kind of scarred her as well. So, And in recent years, that's become even more ironic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Zach, what do you have for number five? My number five is an interesting one because, uh, as you might find out on my list, it doesn't take much to scare me <laughs> in that... Generally, Are you sure? I seem to remember you driving home one night and somebody jumping out and scaring... That was terrifying. <laughs> I don't know what part of your story. Like, oh, Zach is Zach's really like level-headed in a in a in a t- tight situation. He doesn't get scared at all. That's not true. So a lot of my things are: I saw this one thing and I never watched it again because it scarred me enough. And yeah. my number five, uh, I I've almost blocked the name of the show out of my mind. I have to think for a moment to actually remember what is that thing that totally freaked me out one night when I watched my parents' room. Bugaloos. Whoa, watch your minds. Um, that I walked into the room and they had Tales from the Crypt on, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, on I love the TV. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's wonderful, but not no, when terrible. you're six or seven. Um, I walked into the room. I just saw this old, creepy looking guy. And I didn't even, honestly, there was a, a large chunk of my life where I thought that I might have been dreaming. Of this because I <laughs> Tales of the Crypt must not be super popular, but it's not like people reference it all the time yeah, or you yeah. see things about it. But there's been a couple instances in the last few years that I have witnessed that creepy old uh, strangly white haired yeah. guy. Uh, uh, oh, I know you and you scared me so, so much. I will never watch anything of this show ever again. I never have, and I never uh, will. The show ran from eighty nine to ninety six, so it was around for quite a while. You know, I'm trying to remember was it in was it this in syndication or no? This was HBO, is what it was on. It was HBO, and then it was syndicated uh, yeah. with uh, the Edits. movies cut out. Yeah, yeah, it's actually based on a comic book from 1951 from EC Comics, Zach. EC oh, Com- right, that's right. And we have referenced it before we'll with Erie it. Comics and other things like this. The whole yeah. EC Comics thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. We I've got to make a phone call, but uh, Matthew and I, I may be talking about. The yeah. fall of EC Comics in a couple of months, so we'll see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, the Tales from the Crypt is so terrifying. My friend Marcia 
had a little, little boy who was maybe three. And one day I came over and he was upset about something. And I'm like, Stuart, what's wrong? And he just looked up at me with these big, huge eyes, terror. He's like, tails crypt, tails crypt. <laughs> Apparently he saw a few, a few moments of dad watching tales of the crypt and it freaked him out for days. Yeah, it's yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Oh, just terrifying. Rodrigo, what do you have for your number five? My number five is I think the first time I remember ever being freaked out by something on TV. Um, I was really little and I walked into my parents' room and they were watching a movie and that movie was King Kong. And I saw King Kong and I was super scared. Which um, which King Kong? The Fay Ray one? I don't, or the- I don't know. I assume it was the 76 King Kong. Probably. Right. Nino um, De Laurentiis birth. Yeah. It could have been an earlier King Kong, but I, I don't remember. I remember his like I don't even remember what it is I saw. I remember seeing the the ape, but I don't remember anything else about it just because it was so long ago. So uh yeah. Um King Kong is like one of the first it's probably the first movie that I've ever been scared by. Awesome. Uh, or maybe not, depending on who you are. <laughs> Matthew, why don't you round out the top five for us in this first round? My number five is quite possibly the most terrifying thing of my youth. And the weird part is it's tied to something wonderful. Back in the day, Zach, there were only three television channels. Hmm. There was ABC, NBC, and CBS. Sometimes if you were lucky, you'd get like a PBS. And later you get the super stations, your TBSs, and your WGNs. But one of the networks would play in the holidays. They'd play special stuff and they'd play like uh, Charlie Brown Christmas and the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Those were things that I loved. But CBS prefaced them with special presentation. And the special presentation logo is this spinning vortex yeah, yeah. of hell. And the music goes, and it's not like fun music. It's not like la da 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 special presentation. It's like dun 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 dun. But it's instantly <laughs> recognizable. If you go to YouTube, yeah, just go to YouTube. Look at 1970s CBS special presentation, I, and it goes. Dun, 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 dun. I think they even have run it like in more recent years when they have done the uh, Charlie Brown Christmas special. Mm-hmm. They will bring that back out of retirement just for that because it's it's so tied to the uh, to the Charlie Brown stuff. It's horrifying. It is the most terrifying. It's like this this weird beat with these in these terrible trumpets that just want to steal your soul it's it's looking into hell it's creepier than the max headroom incident does it and still scary today it does i'm watch i was watching it today trying to remember what was so scary about it something about that music is just uh it's so aggressive and so frightening i just uh it creeps me creeps me right out and i'm not the only one because i'm looking at the introduction it scared the heck out of me <laughs> CBS special presentation logo. I, I remember seeing it in like 74, 75. Yeah. When I was very, very, very young. But oh my God, that thing was creepiest. It's probably the dumbest thing in the world to be scared of. But that would come on and I'd be terrified for a moment. And then Charlie Brown would start skating on the lake and I'd calm down. It was just weird. I've got something that's even lamer than that <laughs> that, I, that terrified me as a 15-year-old. My number four 
I went to do some family reunion on my dad's side. Lots of lots of family members. Mm-hmm. My dad had eight brothers, seven or eight brothers and sisters, and they all had seven or eight kids. And of course, half of my dad's brothers and sisters were much older than my dad. So I had a lot of older cousins like uh, I'm 15. They would have been like 21 and up, 21 and mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I and mean, some of them were close to probably 25, 30, um, you know, at least easily 10 years older than me. And so there wasn't a whole lot going on, and it was a, a slow night. And one of my cousins said, why don't you come with us? We're going to go get some friends. We're going to go see a movie. I was like, okay, that's fine. And uh, the movie they decided that they wanted to see was Rated R. Now, my parents had never let me go see a Rated R movie or even rent one to bring home to be in the house. So this was my first Rated R movie. I'm 15. I'm underage, you know, quote, unquote, underage for Rated R. And my cousin was like, look. If the theater person gives you any hassle, we're 18. We can bring you in because you're in a company of an adult. So don't make a big deal out of it. And I'm like, OK. And so we went in and we sat down and we watched Naked Space Vampires Invading oh London. No. Yeah. They took me to see Life Force in 1985. No. So I would have been probably 14 because I would have been the summer of 85. So that'd that would have been before I turned 15. terrifying. I'm 43 and I won't watch that. <laughs> you watch it now and it's very, I mean, it's got Patrick Stewart, one of the first uh, uh, mm-hmm. acting jobs by Patrick Stewart. And I watched that and I was like, well, this is a good movie. Uh, there's a naked lady. This is all great. But I went home that night and for the next, well, not that, went to where we were staying. And for the next week, I had nothing but horrible vampires from outer space nightmares. <laughs> oh, my God. Those <laughs> monsters and the vampires and and they're always looking at you no matter yeah, where yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, that's interesting because that, because for me life force would be on a different list of first things that happened to you when you saw a movie as a child <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, matilda may i think is making me feel funny <laughs> i think it's matilda may was the was the actress and uh, yeah she's very very attractive but this whole idea of you know, sucking the life force out of people and watching them become desiccated on screen. And, you know, this horror of what was going on in London and everything. It was just like, ah! and uh, yeah, I just freaked out for like a week uh, having dreams. So life force, my number four. Uh, Zach, what Me, do you have? My here? number four is also a horror movie. Uh, we were visiting some friends and, in uh, back in Colby, Kansas. Where oh, I was going to say Crystal was, Lake, where I was born. Live for a while. We were visiting some friends, and you know the adults were outside doing their thing, and I was in hanging with some guys that were a little bit older than me, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna w- watch this movie." And Come on, we're gonna go take you to see Space I, Vampires. Oh gosh, okay. I don't know when this came out. I would have been probably about eight or nine. Yeah. And that would have been like uh, 2006. Pop- no, <laughs> would have been like 98. Okay. Um, they pop in the movie, and for some reason, they all left. They weren't watching the movie anymore. I still was. Maybe I put this movie in myself, but in my mind, there's no reason I would have done this. I think they all just left me, and I was left by myself to watch The Sixth Sense <gasps> as a young, uh, wee little child. And there is a scene in The Sixth Sense where the main character goes to school and he sees hung dead people. Hanged. Hanged. Sorry. English. Whatever. Uh, Hung is different. Okay. Uh, People uh, 
hanging from the ceiling with ropes tied to their neck. And that was the last straw. That happened. I ran out of the house. <laughs> I ran. Now, this thing I actually did eventually finish when I was older. And I have seen the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I have. And But that moment was absolutely terrifying. Most horror movies... And now what I do is I go, ha, 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 that's stupid, guys. That's not scary. And I am terrified on the inside, but I try to make it through it and put a smile on my face. Uh, At that moment, I had not learned that skill. And I uh, ran to my parents uh, very scared-like. And that was terrifying. Oh, I I can bet. I see dead dead people. Yeah. Oh, good. Whole movie's scary. Rodrigo, what do you have for number four? Uh, number four is actually something that has shown up on top five before uh, from me. Um, I actually talk about this character like anytime somebody gives me an opportunity to. Uh, and this is this is like really the first example of me finding something both terrifying and awesome at the same time. And uh, so my number four is uh, Gamork from The NeverEnding Story mm, is mm-hmm. the, the big the wolf big monster wolf thing, yeah, that yeah. Uh, serves the nothing. Is it the nothing? Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, as watching that as a kid, I was like, that thing is so scary. And then it's <laughs> like, it like figures out that Atreus like, won. And it's like, oh, he's going to kill him. Oh, my God, he's going to go. No. Well, especially at the end where it's, you know, where he's coming out of the dark and you see those eyes and then it yep. develops into the full wolf head. And it's like, Aah! yeah. And he actually, I'm pretty sure he like, this might be just me remembering it like weird, but I'm pretty sure he lunges at. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> that was awesome. Let's never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did see it again. So yeah, my number four is the Mork from, uh, from the never ending story. Yep. She was terrifying when Groot was all like, I am Groot. Matthew, what do you have for four? And then she was like Nanook Nanu. (laughs) (laughs) Nanu Nanu. Yeah, Mork from Mork was pretty terrifying, too. I'm going to bring it around full circle. My number four is likewise a movie. Okay. And like you, Stephen, in your number five, it's something that caught me entirely by surprise. The year was 1983. Rodrigo, cue the flock of seagulls. Uh, oh, sorry, and, I didn't have it ready. Will you settle? Will you settle for I human lead? So far sure. Away. Okay, as long as it's human. I don't. I don't know. Anyway, I'm watching TV. I'm just watching my TV. You know, it's like a I don't know a Wednesday night or something. We're watching and watching and watching, and all of a sudden, a news bulletin breaks in, and it's talking about a dock workers strike. But all of a sudden, people are shooting, and it's in South Carolina. And then they cut to break, and it comes back from break, and it clearly says, the events you're about to see are not true. They are fictional. And we cut back to this news program. Now, I'm 12 or 13, and I don't understand this, but I have all my life known the difference between something on film and something on video. Video has kind of an immediacy to it. And you you know the difference, especially if you know... For instance, uh, there's a few Twilight Zone episodes that are on videotape rather than film. You can always tell the difference. It feels live when you're watching a videotape. It feels like you've taped something, somebody's wedding. And this goes, and it turns out that there's a terrorist group in South Carolina. And then we cut back to commercial. This is fictional. And then terrible things happen. And then the, the army gets involved and we cut back. I'm freaking out. 
because I keep forgetting somehow on some level that this is fictional. It's so driven. And you get to this is the end of this movie special bulletin Mm -hmm. and they blow up a nuclear bomb in South Carolina and we see the aftermath. The entire city is in flames, right? Burning thousands of people are dead and I just, I, I freaked out. It was so inexplicably terrifying. And it tied into that Cold War paranoia. It was just utterly pole-waxing. And I remember going to school the next day and all of my tough guy 12-year-old friends going, I wasn't scared. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, I thought it was hysterical. And what that meant was we were all scared yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. assless. Yeah. The, the fact that we were saying how scared we weren't really underlined how terrified everyone was. And this was at a time, Zach, when there were 12 or 13 channels. Mm-hmm. But everyone was watching Special Bulletin because it was just – it was so intense. And it's – you know, it's one of those early examples of what we have now that uh, – what do they call that, Stephen? The mockumentary thing like Blair Oh, yeah, Witch, yeah, the mockumentary. The yeah, the uh, the people when they were promoting this, they were prom- promoting it as the uh, the next War of the Worlds fake broadcast mm-hmm. that were going to mm-hmm. f- fool a lot of people. And it did fool a lot of people. I it remember did. watching this too and and being very wrapped up in it, but also remembering – because we knew when we sat down as a family to watch it that this was all fake and let's see how the media starts to manipulate the message or how the message can easily be, be manipulated by the media. And mm-hmm. I forget what network ran this. NBC. NBC. But they got a lot of flack for running it and making it appear as if it were real, were real. And so they got a lot of flack and that brought into question about, you know, how far can you push something uh, yeah. and still make it. And their, their their little fake affiliate was like one letter off from yeah, the yeah. real affiliate. And yeah. it was very it was very intense. And even though they kept putting it up and saying this is fiction, and apparently when it aired in South Carolina, they they superimposed the word fiction throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this is this was shot in the local area and people could pop into the middle of this and not see, you know, but oh my god, it was so terrifying. I, I am literally once again goosebumped from a top five sitting here in my <laughs> living room. And this is 30 years later. That's how powerful yeah. Special Bulletin is. Yeah. If you get a chance, I don't know if it's on a streaming or on the YouTube. It's, but it's probably available somewhere. I think I only watched it the one out. time. No, no, no. And we watched it in um, in our, one of our media communication classes there you go. in, I in think college right. as well. Yeah, I think so. And the best part about it, the guys who made it went on to make My So Card Life with Claire Danes. So a different kind of bomb, <laughs> a different kind of horror story. I mean, a different kind of horrifying. <laughs> exactly. And thank you, Claire, for being such a good sport. Yeah, yeah. We love you. And now you can be our friend. Yeah. My number three happened when I was way, 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 way young as a child. I do have early memories of where I was between the ages of uh, two and four. Uh, we used to live up in Kansas oh, City. On the floor. Uh, no, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid in Kansas City. We left when I was um, uh just before I turned five when we moved to uh, to Pomona. So I remember a lot of events that happened when I lived in Kansas City. And one of them was going down into the basement where mom and dad had the TV and watching TV down there. I saw all sorts of great stuff. Fat Albert. I got to see the uh, uh, Sesame Street all the time. I got to watch Gilligan's Island. Sometimes I would sneak down there, you know, get out of my nap and sneak downstairs and hide behind the, the chairs. Mom was watching her stories on TV. Uh, but one Saturday, I remember going downstairs. My dad was watching a movie 
and it scared the crap out of me because there was this guy running around going, listen, don't you listen to what I'm saying? There's this thing and it's coming and it's going to get us all. And you had to uh, run, not walk from the blob. Uh-huh. And, the, and the thing that freaked me out was the moment where um, uh, Steve McQueen, right? Steve McQueen. And the original. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the original one. Uh, the thing there were two parts in that movie that freaked me out the most. And as a th- as the uh, three or four year old, it was when Steve McQueen was trapped in the freezer or trapped in the uh, storeroom and the thing was coming up underneath the blob was coming up underneath the uh, door and he had to try to scare it away or shoot it away with the fire extinguisher. And that's where he discovered that the cold was uh, was something that you could use to fight the blob. But it terrified me because it's like, oh, my God, he's trapped in there and this thing is going to destroy him. Because I think just a few minutes later, they had the movie theater scene where it was coming into the theater and people were freaking out. So yeah, with the with the double doors. Yeah. 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 So a couple of years later, uh, because this movie never went away from me as a child, uh, it was always there. Uh, they used to have the Saturday afternoon uh, sci-fi movie on CBS. CBS was like a great source of entertainment as a kid. Uh, but they'd have the Saturday afternoon sci-fi triple feature or whatever it was. And this was by the time I had a color television set. And they were running the blob again. And I got wrapped up in watching it. And the horrifying, the, the other ho- truly horrifying moment of that story is the moment where the old man discovers this crashed thing on the ground and he pokes it with a stick and the blob starts moving up the stick and then gets on his hands and starts, you know, consuming him. I totally freaked out by that. Not just a few hours after that, uh, my mom had to go somewhere and had to take me over to the babysitter's house. And I went around to their backyard to knock on the door and they're on the ground. I still to this day don't know what it was. It's probably like one of those giant hedge apples or whatever it is, but it was weird (laughs) And it was big and it looked just like the thing I had seen on TV that you do not touch because it will consume you. And I had a freak out and ran. <laughs> My mom was pulling out the driveway and I ran back to the car begging her not to go. And the uh, and the family that I was supposed to be staying with coming out was like, what's what's wrong with you, kid? And for the whole afternoon, just totally freaked out because I was like, I'm not going outside. I'm not going outside. I'm not going outside. The thing's going to kill us. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was the blob. The blob has left a horrible mark. Yeah. On me, you know the actual blob still exists. I'm sure it does. It's in the bottom it's of the in, ocean somewhere. No, it's in a it's in a bucket, and they used to take it out for the uh, annual blob fest. Oh, really? That's crazy. the actual. Yeah, the, the the crap that they made is like 50 years later, still it's still I guess, sitting there in a bucket somewhere. Wow. Wow. A blob bucket, if you will. Zach, what do you have for number three? My number three is a film of destruction where the whole world is at risk. Yet our heroes fly up to an asteroid and save the day. Uh, my number three is uh, uh, Armageddon. Oh, this that came, is horrifying. Ah, this came ah, out uh, ben Affleck in and Bruce like Willis. 98. Yeah, something like that. And so I would have I watched it on television one night with my father. I think it would probably have been in oh, 99, 2000, whenever it finally hit the TV. And I went to bed that night. Knowing 100% that um, we're not going to wake up in the morning, guys, because an asteroid is going <laughs> to come and it's going to hit the Earth and we're all going to die. If it doesn't happen tonight, it'll probably happen tomorrow. And this is an inescapable fate. And someday we won't know it, but some asteroid will come crashing down upon us 
and we will all die. And that was that was terrifying. I would have been nine, and I had uh, no 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 idea uh, about you know comets in space fiction. and space yeah, and the yeah, likelihood and, and friction and, and physics and, and what uh, would happen smoking uh, in a uh, in a space shuttle. I mean, forget the people saving me. I didn't think that would happen. I just thought. Uh, an asteroid is going to hit us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that can still happen. Soon. That can still happen. I mean, yeah, now. It could happen tomorrow, Zach. Well, we have, we can Good track. Night. No, we can track <laughs> things. I understand that. Have now. a pleasant night. Uh, yeah, my dad tucked me in bed and thought we were all, we were all done for because asteroids were coming out of the space and they were going to destroy Earth. Yeah. So. That was a great night of sleep for me. Yeah. That's my number three, Armageddon. Talk about old a great, Michael Bay. great night of sleep when my son does this show in 20 years and talks about uh, uh, the top five moments that scared him. It's going to be when he woke up in the middle of the night and he was like, Dad, I walk into the in his bedroom, come down the hallway. Yeah? I think there's, I think I hear someone out there walking around. And I was like, no, if there was someone out there, he would have killed us by now. Go back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> what? That's, that's a great comfort. <laughs> Good night. There, there, boy. I can understand that. (laughs) Dad, I'm afraid that an asteroid is going to hit Earth and we will die. Son, if that was going to happen, it already would have. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to happen eventually, son. So don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) Rodrigo, what do you have for number three? Uh, My number three is barely child abuse at all. Um. (laughs) Really? Okay. Uh, no, it's, um, I was just kind of flipping through channels one day as a kid and I saw this, uh, TV show about a bunch of kids like hanging out and being friends and suddenly it would cut to them being adults and then it would come back to them being kids. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's like, uh, maybe like a little rascal thing. It's like. All of a sudden, a demon clown would show up and freak the crap out of me. Uh, this was the uh, 1990 uh, It. Uh, oh, oh, the TV series. It. Yeah, yeah. TV series, oh. yep. Everybody floats down here. Yeah, starring uh, Tim Curry. Yeah. Tim Curry, yeah. Tim Curry, John Ritter. Yeah. Yep. John Boy, yeah. Yeah, Harry from uh, Night Court. Henry Winkler was, was he in that too? I don't think Henry Winkler was. I think it was a guy who looked like him. Oh, okay. But yeah, there were um, there were a bunch of people. In that yeah, I want to say Mary Lou Henner, and I know that's wrong. Uh, that was kind of simultaneously one of the like scariest and most disappointing uh, media experiences I've had because I was like, I need to watch this to the very end. I am so freaked out, but I want to know what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it's a Stephen King joint, mm-hmm. so you know you've got a fair fair chance maybe maybe a 50 percent chance that it's just going to end in a very disappointing way and it did um so i was just like oh well i'm a lot less scared now of this uh space space spider spider. yeah yeah Yeah. that everybody that you can you can take down with a rock yeah Mm -hmm. so so yeah i was like oh yeah, it's like a, a brooch magic, or something. It was a magical silver cufflink or yes, something. That's, yeah. Yes, so that they that they slingshot it into his head. Yes. So, yes, a lot of good ideas, well executed up until the end, colon, 
the Stephen King story. I don't know. <laughs> that might be unfair. I haven't read. I actually haven't read. I don't think I've read any Stephen King books, but from the movies, at least, yeah. okay, like a Stephen King filmography. How about that? There you go. Like the movies do tend to have very disappointing endings. Yes. Also. Yes, they do. So, uh, yes, the 1990 uh, Stephen King adaptation, it very scary stuff, at least uh, most of the way through. There you go. All right. Got Olivia Hussey in it. I love Olivia Hussey. Matthew, what do you have for number three? My number three is terrifying because, well, first of all, you guys are like, it's just a scary movie. This is a scary movie that I never saw ever. But luckily for me, I actually got to read the adaptation. And I, I want to say I was maybe 12 or 13. And the adaptation of this scary, scary, super scary movie called Dead and Buried mm, mm-hmm. is one of the most terrifying things I've ever read. Because when you make a movie and you have the movie and you have, you know, big moments that the movie starts with a guy getting set on fire. And you see that in a movie and you go, OK, that's fine. But when you have a loving description of a guy being set on fire and the things that happen, your brain fills in the blanks. And I don't know if you guys uh, have the same problem that I have. My brain is a goddamn psychopath. Uh, I apologize for the G word there. But as I read through the Dead and Buried, the book, which is about a city where the chief of police discovers somehow that there's sort of kind of zombies. Mm-hmm. Members of the community are dying and coming back from the dead and wandering around. And it has a big old mess. It's a Dan O'Bannon joint, so you know it's terrifying. There's a lot of bits in it that we read at that age because there are sex scenes. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, getting to the sex scenes re- requires you to read all the horrible, terrible things that are happening in the city. And just, oh, my word, it is extremely disturbing to imagine these scenes of people, you know, falling apart or someone who, you know, is perfectly alive one minute and all of a sudden arms fall off because they're really a walking corpse. Oh, creepy. And this would have been before I ever saw Night of the Living Dead, thankfully, because then I would have never slept again <laughs> for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, the book of Dead and Buried, one of the most terrifying things I have ever read in my life, hit me right where I lived. In that that intersection of ooh sex scenes and oh crap they're mm-hmm. not sexy mm-hmm. I hate that that's that that life force uh, corner yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that and if yeah because that was kind of the thing the uh, the uh, hot vampire lady is making oh. out with people and as soon as she yep. gets them naked and they're doing their their naked thing that's when she strikes and just yeah. all they, the life drains mm-hmm. out they of you they draw you in with the full frontal and then they kill you with the death yeah I'm oh it was horrifying that. horrifying I might as well just brew a pot of coffee right now kids because i'm not <laughs> my number three uh, is not a movie or not a tv show it's not the blob it's not life force because those were three and four but it Actually, is a we were, re- we were there for that Stephen. it was another real life event and really real life events taking place between the ages of three and we could say ten any tornado warning that occurred between the ages of three and 10 announced on radio or announced on television totally freaked me out. I remember the first time or my first memory of being wrapped up in a tornado was we were in my, uh, at my grandmother's house up in, uh, Overland park. 
And suddenly everyone's like, oh, there's a tornado warning. We need to go down into the basement. And so we're all down in the basement. I didn't know what a tornado was. And it's like, well, you just just sit down here and be quiet and we'll listen. And uh, my grandmother would go upstairs and look out the out the door to see if it was coming. And then she'd come back down and my grandfather would go up and they'd kind of swap, take turns, kind of spotting to see if it was coming, you know, this way. Sure. And this is a even though it was not as populated as it is today, it was still very populated. So a tornado coming through this area and hearing the the radio announcers on the radio down in the basement talking about this thing. It's coming and it's moving this direction. And I'm just like, what in the heck? Because I, I was like, so is the tornado going to like rip off the the roof and, and look for us? And, and, you know, I imagine this tornado uh-huh. had a big giant eye uh-huh. and it was going to look for us and grab us. And I was like, ah, terrified. And every time, you know, growing up until I was about 10, uh, there was a big um, there's a big tornado that uh, struck Pomona Lake and killed a bunch of people. And I saw that I saw saw that tornado. Um, but after that event, I was not as terrified. I knew what the tornado was. I knew what its capabilities were. I knew a lot more about tornadoes after the age of 10. But before yeah. that time. Holy crap. It, anytime a warning popped up, I would just be like, whoa, 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 we gotta, uh, we're all going to die. We're all going to die. And it would just freak me out. And I never wanted to hear it. And even the noon whistle when it would go would always make me jump. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, tornado warnings between the ages of three and ten were yep. uh, media moments that scared me and as a child. What was super terrifying when we were kids, Stephen, was that they would they would ring the whistle. Yeah, yeah. And then in the height of idiocy. They would do what they called the all clear whistle, mm-hmm, which is the where same at whistle. the end of the storm. It's the same whistle. Yeah. And what would happen is you'd hear the whistle and then you'd hear the whistle again. And you'd never know whether that meant all clear or mm-hmm. another storm. I think they still do poor. that, don't they? All they clear don't. whistles. Yeah. Yeah. They still do the all they clear whistle. Winter. Yeah. I think they, they still do it here. Anymore. I think they still do it here. Or they did up about three or four years ago. The wow. last time when we had the, the mm-hmm. last worst one come through. So. The, yeah. city, the city of Topeka has said that they no longer do the all clear whistle because half the time people miss mm-hmm. the first one, mm-hmm. get the second one. So, no, that's just rough. Yeah, ah. yeah. That, that's my number two. What do you have, Zach? Uh, my number two is another movie, and it is my last movie. If, in case you're like, Zach, is anything else scary to you? Yes, we'll get to it. <laughs> my number two uh, what? is all based off of the trailer for a movie. Uh, oh, and then I did not end up watching for multiple years, mainly because it was rated R. Like I was, yeah, you know, yeah. I was like eight. I shouldn't, yeah, yeah. shouldn't be watching rated Groundhog R. Groundhog Day is a scary film. It is. Uh, I never, wanna, never wanted to learn piano. Uh, so in the trailer for The Matrix, <gasps> there is a character that says a line that scared me, mainly because I was a child and I had lived in Kansas all my life and still have and do. Uh, so, you know, I am Kansas, not am Kansas. I've been in Kansas. I'm sensitive when people talk about it and things. And there is a line in the matrix trailer in which, um, Cypher, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Cypher says, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. And that scared me to no end. I have no idea why, why Hmm. I thought this man in a, in a, in a giant make-believe world, uh, saying we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy, was scared me so much. But I cannot extribe, describe to you how much that terrified me. Like, why aren't they in Kansas anymore? <laughs> why? What's happening? They why took are, the blue pills are we going to be in Kansas anymore, Dad? Stay away from the red Skittles. 
I don't know what's happening. It really scared me. And then the whole movie, once I finally... Uh, I finally watched it because we were at our grandparents' house and the they rented movies from the grocery store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we walked down there as probably, I don't know, 10, 11 years old and they rented us The Matrix. Yeah. like, oh, we know your grandparents. And that was dumb. Anyways, that was still <laughs> like a scary, confusing movie. But that trailer, that line, we're not in Kansas anymore. I still remember it. Uh, I don't remember anything, anything else from the trailer except that one line and just being Man, terrified. I, I hope your number one is Wizard of Oz when the monkeys come after Oh, Martin. no, it's way worse. Okay. Rodrigo, what do you have for number two? Uh, my number two is another example of me uh, finding something both horrifying and awesome at the same time. Um, and this was now this song. And the video came out the year I was born. So obviously I didn't see them until much later, but I was still a child when I first encountered them. Um, and I'm talking about the video for Thriller. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. From uh, Michael Jackson. And it was, it was scary. And I was watching it um, and I was like, whoa, that is super scary. But I was like, this is also awesome. And look at all the dancing. And like, I loved this song as a kid. Like, as a tiny baby, my parents would play it. And I would bounce on my little, like, bouncy, like, walker thing, you know, like that babies have. Yeah. Still with a full beard, mind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was I was born with a full beard, a pair of glasses, and that finally broke, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and a polo shirt. Um, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> All right. There's our Photoshop contest for the yeah. week. Uh, so... So, yeah, watching that, but also as a kid watching it, the thing that really mitigated the fear for me is I was like, wait, wasn't here like a werecat a second ago? Why is he a zombie now? Mm-hmm. Like, I was just watching it like, this is not internally consistent. Um, so I, that that kind of that kind of <laughs> popped me back out of it. But, yeah, I was I was pretty freaked out and like really, really entranced by it. Uh, you might even say I was thrilled. Oh, oh, beautiful. Grown. Beautiful. Oh, boo. Yes. Yes. <laughs> boo. Why do you hate us? <laughs> what did we ever do to you? I don't know, Matthew. Let's find out what your number two is and see. My number two is the most terrifying thing. Can't be the most terrifying because it's number two. No, it is the most terrifying thing in the universe. I don't put these in any kind of order. Ah. When I was a kid, we had. A local library. And it was not like a library building. You know how you go and it'll be like a stone building or something? This was a converted house. This was literally someone's two-story ranch style. But if you'd go into the library and you go to the right places, you could find some really amazing stuff. And since, you know, I was 14 and 6 foot 1 and 250 pounds... People never actually know knew that I was under 18, so I would go into the over-18 section. And I picked up something. This couldn't have been any later than, I'm going to say, 1984. And I bought, I, 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 I didn't buy it, but I brought this book up and I checked it out. Dark Forces. And I got it because it had a really cool cover. It was all words. I'm like, ooh, it's all words. There's no pictures. And the first thing in the anthology, Dark Forces is a novella by Stephen King. Yes, Rodrigo, it has no ending. Hmm. But it has the most harrowing setup to the no ending ever. Uh, uh, there's there's a, a strange storm 
and a man drives into town with his son to go to the grocery store. And while they're in the oh, grocery yeah, yeah, store, yeah. this strange mist rolls over the town. Yeah. And all of a sudden, there's things in the mist. This is utterly terrifying. And if you've seen the movie, you've, well, if you've listened to Top 5, you've heard me complain about the movie before. But if you've seen the movie, you, you kind of don't understand the horror of the mist. You really need to sit down and read it in a dark room and preferably be 14. But that, you know, that part I can't help you with. My brain filled in the blanks of the scary things at the Federated Supermarket so much better than ILM could ever do. And the ending of the novella is different than the ending of the film in that it intentionally leaves the fates of everyone ambiguous. So you get to the end and there's no ending. And yeah. it's so just scary, scary, scary. And then you get the suspense and you get the terror and you get the IE and the scary and the scary. And then it doesn't stop. It's like when you get a song stuck in your head and you don't know how that song ends, so you can't exercise the song by readings and singing all the way through to the end of the song because you don't know how the song ends. So you just spend three or four days going, we are the crystal gems, and then you want to just hit yourself over the head with a hammer like a Harley Quinn character. But no, it's worse than that because you're 14 and Steven Universe won't even exist for another 30 years. How terrifying is that? But <laughs> The Mist is literally the only thing that I remember from dark forces there's like 20 stories in there some of them are pretty great from what i remember the mist has stuck with me and just haunts the little back doors of my mind and i will occasionally have the nightmare where i'm trapped in the bogart supermarket in the events of the mist the supermarket i grew up with in beloit kansas it's like a church now or something yeah you know uh, i remember listening to that as a radio drama Mm -hmm. and then playing the uh, text-based adventure game of that mm -hmm. as a kid back on the mm -hmm. uh, uh, Apple II C+. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty bizarre, pretty bizarre yeah. stuff. I never, is, I've never seen – I think it's – I think I'm disturbed enough not to have ever wanted to watch the movie with uh, Tom Welling in it. The uh, – I think you're thinking of The Fog. Oh, The Fog. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, the yeah, mist The Mist isn't the, the army come in and, and save everybody at the end in the in movie? In the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Mist uh, stars The Punisher and then everybody that Frank Darabont puts in his Stephen King. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah, yeah. I just remember everybody being trapped in the supermarket. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, my so kid. Are we all are we up to our number ones now? Mm -hmm. I had to make a change in my number one after Matthew mentioned The Mist because this one still kind of bothers me at times today. I think the most horrific place in the universe is our very own mind specifically theater of the mind mm -hmm. and the things that get conjured up when we are listening or reading or doing things. And as a kid, my Sunday evenings were not spent in front of the television. Occasionally they were, but during the summertime, there were so many other things to do like play Lego and uh, deconstruct electronic pieces of equipment and try to put them back together. And most importantly on Sundays, listen to NPR, the national public radio because they would play audio dramas all the time. And one summer, I think it was summer, it was Bradbury 13. And Bradbury 13 is a series of radio adaptations of Ray Bad Bradbury stories. Um, I forget when it, uh, so this would have been 1983, 84, something like that. 
Uh, so they had a, a really cool adaptation of The Sound of Thunder. They also had um, Here There Be Tigers and The Happiness Machine. But the one that freaked me out the most is this story of a dinner party. And they're waiting for a friend to come over. And the dinner party keeps getting interrupted by this guy's friend who becomes more and more terrified because it's coming to get him. And as we learn, as this drama unfolds, at one point, this man found himself in the high Himalayas or wherever that he was at. And he was trapped up there in the place where all the wind originates. And he was there and he learned all of the secrets of the wind. And now the wind is coming to get him. The wind. And the movie, you know, the guy gets really the guy who that's having the dinner party gets kind of freaked out about this. He's like, well, I think I need to call my friend. And because the story, the guy's terror keeps building and building and building the guy that is calling on the phone. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I think I want to go out there. And suddenly you hear the house rattle from the wind. And the guy opens the door and he looks out and there's nobody out there. It's a calm night. There's just this gust of wind blew by. And then he hears his friend's laughter in the wind. Now. We live in Western Kansas, where we live in Kansas, and growing up in Kansas, especially Eastern Kansas, you don't have a lot of windy days, but there are times when the wind decides to blow, kind of like last night, mm-hmm. right? And at those times when the wind is blowing, I think that the wind is coming to get us. <laughs> and I, I bet for I, I would record all of the all of the NPR things that would happen, whether it be Star Wars, Doc Savage, or whatever. The wind was one that I kept for years and years and years until I was graduated from college um, because I just love that audio drama so much and it would terrify me so much. Uh, but the wind, Bradbury 13's radio adaptation uh, of that story is my number one scary thing that scared me as a kid. There you go. That's terrifying. It is fairly terrifying. I've never read the actual short story itself. Um, is it a Bradbury? It is a Ray Bradbury story. Um, oh, Bradbury's but are scary. They they can be. They can be. There was an old woman is pretty creepy. Um, What's the one with the homicidal baby? That one's creepy as heck. Um, the story of Matthew, age three to five. Why well, you got to be me? <laughs> no, that's a that's a Jonan Vasquez. Oh, is the author on that one? <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, Zach, why don't you uh, share with us the uh, most horrifying moment in media that okay. scared you as a child? Um, so I like to generally keep top five lighthearted, but uh, my number one, it's hard to do that on this one because oh, as we've mentioned, you had to ask your I'm, wife about it. Uh, no, no, uh, we would probably be you the same one. Lighthearted is known as robbing. A- well, yeah. I'll I'll rob it up uh, this week because I am quite younger than everyone on the show. Really? And uh, yeah. And uh, when I was ten, uh, an event happened that completely yeah, yeah. changed uh, America. Yeah. Uh, with nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, an event that I knew very little about the implications of uh, what had happened. Very little, because I didn't know what the World Trade Center was. I didn't know what the Pentagon was. Mm-hmm. I just had to watch uh, the images over and over again yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at home. And at school, we got uh, we didn't get let out early, because I was living in your door at the time, which is next to pretty close to KCI. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no one could be out. We didn't go to recess. We didn't go outside. But besides that, it was just 
Uh, being outside later, you wouldn't see any airplanes mm-hmm. for a long stretch of time. There's mm-hmm. no airplanes, which is just strange when you're next to an airport. Um, long lines of cars waiting for gas yeah. was very strange to see. Yeah. And then uh, just, uh, you know, have, you have to watch. I had to watch all the images because it's on at home all the time of planes you know, flying into buildings. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, well, that messed me up for a while because I would fly a lot because my family lives around the country, so we would fly a lot. And I was very apprehensive for many years yeah about that because you have the you got that in your mind i i figured it would be on probably your list more than yeah. anybody else's because yeah this only happened for matthew and i relatively years. recently yeah 15 yeah. years ago when we were in our 30s so right. i was working in television if, at if the this time. had been the five moments of media that scared you period then oh, that sure. would certainly be on all our yeah. lists but that qualifier yeah no that was a yeah that very is a weird, uh, weird moment weird terrifying moment yeah. mainly just because of you don't completely understand the implications. You just have to watch all of your like adult people around you like totally freak out, and then you just kind of absorb that in really strange ways, and it just kind of mm-hmm. plays out for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. No, I still remember that day very vividly. Oh, yeah. So sure. Tragic. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for number one? Uh, well, my number one is not as, as you know, it's a tough act to follow. Yeah, I, I should have gone last. Uh, it's, it's all good. Uh, but... Uh, I was terrified of this as a child and maybe I was really freaked out by it because it came from a place that I didn't expect, uh, which is like a kind of a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, now this cartoon specifically does try to be like scary, but it's more like haha scary kind of stuff. You know, it's just like maybe creepy at best. Uh, but this character scared the crap out of me as a kid. Um, did you guys ever watch the real Ghostbusters cartoon? Yes. I did, yes. Did you ever see the episodes with the Boogeyman? Oh my god. The Boogeyman is the scariest cartoon character ever. Okay, the scariest purposefully scary cartoon character ever. Yeah, he's... Like, that thing freaks yeah, me out. Yeah. Not just because of the design, which is very scary. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of the Joker in the Boogeyman. Um, but, uh, also because he is like a very like formidable foe for the Ghostbusters as well. Like he's not just a scary looking guy who does scary things, but he is actively scary to the characters. Like the universe plays him as a very scary threat as well. Mm -hmm. So watching it as a kid, I was always super freaked out and I would like, Watch the episodes anyway, because in my house, if you stop watching TV, it was time to do chores. <laughs> so I would just sit through them. But, man, I had to do a lot of, like, thinking afterwards to be like, yeah. okay, okay. This weird cloven hoof giant face weirdier monster is not going to come get me. Seriously, guys, look it up. Uh, if you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't look uh, it up. Wait don't. until midnight. Go to Google and type in the real Ghostbusters boogeyman yep you know and, this and is the thing about, about the boogeyman that terrified me and i was probably 25 when you are reading comic books and watching television shows there is a tendency for the characters to never directly look at the camera the screen mm-hmm. boogeyman breaks that rule Several times he is walking directly towards the camera addressing someone and he's looking straight at us. Yeah. That is 
that's part of what makes him so incredibly terrifying. Don't look him up, folks. You don't want to know. I'm telling you right now, this is your old pal Matthew. Have I ever steered you wrong? Probably yes. This time I won't. Trust me on this. When I was when I was uh, thinking about my list today, I was like, oh, man, I remember this thing. It was super scary. And then I was like, well, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to Google it. I bet it's not that scary. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was actually traumatized as a child. But as soon as the images came up, I was like, holy crap, it's so scary. <laughs> Starting to panic again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. Cool. I won't sleep for days now. All right, Matthew, what is your number one? My number one is hearts and flowers and something pleasant. La 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 la. Okay. My number one is actually, ironically, something that I probably saw prefaced by my number five. <laughs> now, that's not true because it usually aired, I think, on ABC. But for some reason, when I was a kid, during the like the late fall season, for a couple of years, they would always air this film. And I couldn't really figure out why, but I remember bits of it. And I remember thinking, oh, oh that's kind of cute and that's kind of neat. And laughing at the bits and singing along with the bits. But there is a point in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory where they climb aboard the Wonkatania, Willy Wonka's paddle boat. And I know that this sequence was chopped up when I was a kid. I know it. Uh, I logically, knowing what it looks like, I know that it was cut. But my brain does not believe me because my brain was so traumatized by the boat sequence at some point in time that it says, no, it was even longer in 1975 and 1977 and 1980. When they get on the boat, and it's just these four kids because one was killed and turned into candy. That's a secret ingredient, folks. Enjoy your job stops. Mm, yeah. But they're on the boat, and they're they're riding along, and it's a thing. And the boat starts getting faster, and the tunnel starts getting darker, and the music starts getting freaky. And then Gene Wilder starts very quietly singing, There's no earthly way of knowing. And I'm like, oh, 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 I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I won't sleep for days at this point, kids, so I'm good. But – that sequence builds to such a climax of utter terror. I mean, I know it's coming. I know what's going to happen. I know it's just nice Gene Wilder on a soundstage. And I know that he's going to scream at the end of his song. And every time I flinch, I flinch like I'm Triss and someone is throwing a knife at my head to prove that I belong in Dauntless. That is how scary this is. That's a cultural reference, kids. Look it up. But oh my gosh, that just that two or three minute sequence in the middle of an otherwise enjoyable, wonderful little movie just terrified me for life, for life. It made me the weird kid that I am today, I think. And now we have uh, ammunition to use against you, Matthew. Yeah, they tried that on Facebook today. Oh, did they? Yeah, I <laughs> shut that down. I have several fun Facebook trolls who like to troll, and sometimes they team up as the, the Justice League of Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> they all teamed up on me today, and I was just like, don't make me have to kill you all. It was a bad day. It's no, bad. I'm sorry. It happens. Anyway, uh, you still don't get, uh, you, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> I get nothing. You get nothing. Good, Good day, day sir. sir, I said. Hey, Good it day. could be worse. Rodrigo got sucked into the chocolate room. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now look at him. He's skinny. And I'm um, pretty sure we just beamed Zach across the room, and he's four inches tall. This is Zach TV. 
Uh, oh, Steven, you're turning into a blueberry. <laughs> All right, oh, everybody. Wait, it's just Steven. <laughs> All right, everybody. That wraps it up for this installment of Top 5. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this episode with a friend. Hey, we want to know what scares you and what terrifies you uh, and what terrified you as a child. Uh, head over to Majorspoilers.com to the podcast posting page and in the comments section, go into detail. See if you can frighten us as old people. <laughs> about the things that frighten you as a kid. And until next time, remember, everybody loves a list. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.